It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, ArmorAll, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on ArmorAll products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thank you for listening to the Late Breaking F1 podcast. Make sure to look out for new episodes every Thursday and Grand Prix Sundays. Hello and a very warm welcome. This is the Late Breaking Formula One podcast coming to you straight after the Brazilian Grand Prix, an indescribable Brazilian Grand Prix. So much seemed to happen after the safety car late. I'm with Samuel Sage and Harry Yeed. You've got me back this week, guys. I'm terribly sorry. I, your week of freedom is over. Yeah, don't do not do it again, though, Ben. Never have I thought about hearing your voice as being such a wonderful thing. Yeah, I think that that's a first and probably the only line of that nature ever to come out of your mouth. Um, yeah, we've just had the Brazilian Grand Prix. And whilst it was shaping up to be a pretty good race... It all descended into chaos in the last 20 laps or so. Pierre Gasly getting his first podium, P2, drag race against Lewis Hamilton to the line. Um, full disclosure, we don't know about Lewis Hamilton and the fate of him, whether he's going to get a penalty at this point in time. So apologies if we say something that turns out to be incorrect. Uh, but of course, Max Verstappen winning the race, and we'll start with him. Um, Harry, what did you think of Max Verstappen's performance? Converting pole position whilst everything seemed to go to absolute chaos around him. Yeah, Max has got a habit of winning races when all hell is breaking loose. Like, you know the the meme or the gif where that person is just sat and everything is on fire around him? He's like, this is fine. That is Max, because everything is still fine, despite everything else going wrong. Um, yeah, he looked, didn't look like anyone was going to be able to stop him today. And Hamilton and Mercedes threw everything that they could at Verstappen, but they were quick. Red Bull were mighty in the pit stops. Verstappen was ridiculously quick out on track and brave. I mean, that restart move was ballsy at best. Um, yeah, I don't think anyone's going to stop him winning today. Uh, and it was, oh, it was great. It was great to see Hamilton and Verstappen actually have a proper. We've not really had it. I know Hungary was close, but Hamilton kind of cruised up and then just passed him there. This was. Yeah, they got the elbows out a bit, and it was great to see. But Verstappen this time round wins out. Great stuff from him. Uh, Sam, what did you make of Verstappen today? 
his performance was unmissable. Not often do I say this about Verstappen. Usually he is, you know, 90%. He's always incredible. But this weekend, he has been absolutely flawless. Um, what a drive. What an incredible drive to keep a six-time world champion at bay. The difference between the pace of those two drivers was incredible in comparison to everyone else on the grid. No one else could touch them once they got going. The only time that anyone else got close, close was due to the safety car. But Max Verstappen and the Red Bull team, two 1.9-second pit stops, which kept them comfortably in front, even with the uh, release of Kubica right in front of Max Verstappen. He was still calm. He still got the job done. And the pass on Lewis Hamilton after the safety car was just absolutely incredible. I mean, we actually hang our driver of the day that deserved your driver of the day today on the screen. And Max Verstappen definitely was one of those people formidable drive that'll go down in the history books they always go around so well there and Verstappen brought it home it was a fantastic drive and you can't fault Hamilton to say this they threw everything they could at the team and they, they they conquered today he was utterly sublime on a weekend where Ferrari Red Bull and Mercedes were relatively well matched through qualifying through uh through free practice as well Verstappen took the ball by his horns went out there led from the front and even when he came under intense pressure, he was able to see off the challenge of Lewis Hamilton, which is no mean feat, that's for sure. We've criticised Verstappen a few times after the summer break. He's had a few dodgy races here and there, um, but he was incredible out there today. It might be his best performance ever. It's definitely up there um, because whilst everything was going on around him, you know, the conditions that he had to race under, he had... You had the Ferraris battling away and taking each other off. You had Lewis Hamilton putting pressure on him the whole time. You had Albon, who nearly lucked his way into a podium. And then throughout all of the mess that happened, all of the incidents that will be spoken about, and rightfully so, they were entertaining. It was Max Verstappen who stayed just... He kept his head above the water. He didn't get involved in anything that was going on behind him. He was just too quick. And Verstappen, we saw we saw in qualifying yesterday when he was able to mess up his qualifying lap and still get provisional pole. He just had, he, there was just something about him this weekend. And Verstappen, like Hamilton, like the very best in the sport, when they are on form, they are, you have to watch them. Like they are just absolutely box office tv and we'll probably get on to box office magnuson in a bit so don't worry about that um yeah he was he was absolutely insane um looking a bit at the strategy because of course he and hamilton were involved in a battle for a lot of that race um harry first of all what did you think about red bull strategy do you think they nailed it um and do you think mercedes could have done anything slightly different um I don't know what Mercedes could have done different. I think just think Red Bull. Red Bull have always been really good at reacting. They're just so instinctive when it comes to reacting to situations on track, whether it's a safety car or when Hamilton came in. Both those times they brought uh, Verstappen in. And I know they lost out the first time round, but it was only just. And I think the Kubica leaving the pit lane was a, didn't help either. Um, yeah, Red Bull are just so quick out of the box um, that they could react react to whatever Mercedes threw at them and then with the safety car I think it was the right I know Mercedes were always going to do opposite but I think it was the right call to bring Verstappen in because they had the gap to Vettel and third so they were only going to drop behind Hamilton um, and I think it was almost inevitable that Verstappen was going to make his way back past Hamilton at, at that safety car restart so yeah for me Red Bull didn't put a foot wrong Mercedes gave it a gave it a whirl um, I don't think they could have done anything different. 
Do you think there was room for improvement on a strategic front for Mercedes, Sam? Well, yeah, I mean, I think you guys will differ against me. That last call to bring Hamilton in under that final safety car with what was going to be, what, a lap to two laps ago. Um, he was never going to drop off the top three. And I think, actually, if he hadn't have um, come in before, during that safety car, he maybe wouldn't have got caught up in the scrap with Gazi and Albon. He wouldn't have had to pass him on track. They would have had to pass him. Um, those tyres were good enough still to go through that middle sector comfortably to maybe get the gap going. His car is the same speed, if not usually faster than those Honda engines. Obviously, that was slightly differed against when we saw an incredible drag race between Gasly and Hamilton. Love to see more of those in the future. Um, and then the other safety car call, when the Verstappen was brought into the pits, I know that they said, you know, Hamilton, do the opposite of what the Verstappen's doing. Why didn't you look at his tyre life at that point and go, there's no way that we're going to be able to keep keep up with Verstappen, who's right behind us, because lap cars will go through, on brand new soft tyres. I don't know, they, they felt like they were missing the Toto factor this weekend. Um, Hamilton was dictating the strategy from inside the car, which is tough to do on a race as hectic as the one that we just saw. And um, I just think Red Bull always had the upper hand. Even when Hamilton took the lead back, I think Red Bull always had the ability to immediately snatch it back, and Verstappen did exactly that with the help of a brilliant call from his team. So, Red Bull could not have been better this weekend. Yeah, Red, Red Bull absolutely nailed it. I, I posted on Twitter that they had three pit stops for Verstappen and they totaled 6.0 seconds, which is just insanely good. As you say, two 1.9 second stops and the other one was 2.2. You know you're having a pretty good day when you have three pit stops and 2.2 is your slowest. Um, and from a strategic standpoint, they nailed it. You know, they, they were the lead car. They understood the advantage they held in that respect. They made sure that whenever Hamilton made a strategic call, they responded straight away. There was no dilly-dallying with it. There was no waiting around to see, should we stay out for five more laps? Should we go to a different strategy entirely? They responded straight away. They Verstappen maintained enough of a gap over Lewis Hamilton for much of the Grand Prix that when it came to pit stop time, he knew that, that just having that one lap even though Lewis Hamilton would get a slight undercut, he would eventually have the advantage on him. So, yeah, Red Bull nailed their strategy. Um, and I would not have been surprised if Ferrari were in the same situation. They would have overfought it uh, and done something stupid. But Red Bull didn't do that, fortunately. In terms of Mercedes strategic um, decisions, the first one, I, I disagree with it. I understand the logic of doing the opposite of Verstappen. They want to give themselves the best chance of victory. The thinking is, well, if you do the same, you're not going to win. So you might as well go different. Um, the issue was if Verstappen was going to come back out and say P6 or P7 and have to overtake cars to get back up to Lewis Hamilton, then that strategic call to stay out makes sense. But Verstappen just slotted back into P2. So apart from a few back markers, he doesn't have to do any work whatsoever to get on the back of Lewis Hamilton. Um, yeah, like I say, if he was going to drop a few places because of that pit stop, yeah, fine. It makes sense. But he didn't lose enough trap position. So, yeah, the, pitting was the right call there. I didn't mind the decision late on. I think it was a bit of a gamble. Um, but at that point in the race, I, I didn't necessarily mind it. He was never going to get P1 if he didn't pit. Uh, OK, he did He did threaten his position on the podium. Uh, but with no championships to fight for uh, and just race wins to go for, I didn't mind the decision for Hamilton to go into the pits see if he can get Verstappen on the restart with slightly fresher tyres because he wasn't going to get there on the medium tyres he had. So I don't mind the second call. The first call, though, I, I think it was a, a rare blunder. Hamilton is off to see the stewards. Ooh. Yeah, I saw that. 
yeah, this story is developing, which is uh, leaves us in an interesting situation when analysing this race. Of course, Hamilton finishes P3. We don't know at the moment whether he keeps P3. And of course, Carlos Sainz has a very good chance of getting on the podium if he does get a penalty. Which First ever. Yeah. Can you imagine? Two two new podium finishes. Oh, it'd, be, it'd be sad, though, because he wouldn't actually be on the podium. But anyway. Yeah, I know what you mean. Um I mean, there are a lot of strong performances out there today. Sam, who would you say was driver of the day? I think collectively the world can sigh a breath of relief and go, Max Verstappen is understandably the driver of the day. I'm going to go slightly outside of this because I think that is going to be their consensus. And we all know he, as we've just said, almost like a perfect drive. And so we are all going to be on exactly the same thing. So last to fourth, challenge completed. Last to third, maybe, who knows? Carlos Sainz with the absolute capitalisation on strategy, on other people's mistakes, on keeping the car consistent, beats his teammate by a few places. He's becoming almost the driver of the season at the moment, Carlos Sainz. He's showing why he's leading that developing McLaren team and why maybe if a big team has a real issue and they want to spend big money, Carlos Sainz is still comfortably young enough to invest a lot of your time and money into Drive of the day for me. Absolutely sublime drive. Max Verstappen is probably yeah, is, is equal to him, if not realistically better, but I just want to give him the recognition he deserves because Mr. Science does a brilliant job. So for me, Science and Verstappen, drive of the day. 20th to 4th, a smooth operator indeed. Smooth operator. Nice. Harry, are you going to offer up a different name or do you agree with Sam? Well, I want to offer up about five different names. So this is really difficult. Um... Reel them yeah, off. I, I, we, I think we don't want, we don't want to uh, understate Verstappen's drive today because, and he's well deserving of the official, not our unofficial driver of the day. Um, yeah, he's definitely on there. Um, Gasly, another one. A bit of luck, but he's been he's been really quick all weekend, and, and you know he only qualified one place behind Albon in the in his old car, basically. Um, another one is Signs, obviously, and then Kimster. As well, he drove that alpha was tasty all weekend. Um, so all of them, but I'll go for let's go for P. Gazzle because that was beautiful to see. There were some lovely scenes after he finished in P2 from the Torosa mechanics, and then he went next door to the Red Bull mechanics. Obviously, he worked with him for the first half of the year, and just pleased to see him on the podium. So, um, yeah, I'm gonna give it to Gasly, but that's a really difficult choice because there were some great performances out there. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I don't disagree with either of those choices. Um, I, I think this is a really tricky one, such a tricky one. And I'm, I'm sort of 50-50 on Gasly and Verstappen here. Um, they were both sublime. Um, I, I'll give it to Gasly. I mean, you could give it to either of them. They were both incredible. Pierre Gasly, and we'll speak more about this how he has recovered since being dropped by Red Bull has been miraculous. He has done such a good job in that tour or so. Um, I think this weekend marks his fourth consecutive Q3 appearance. He, and a lot of luck came into it, especially on the sides of signs did luck in a little bit. Um, and the likes of Albon, of course that didn't work out very well for him, but he did luck into a potential podium finish because um, he was obviously nowhere before the safety car. Um, but Gasly, in my view, didn't luck it. Um, Gasly was there in P6 the entire race. He had he kept a lead over the rest of the midfield the entire go round. Um, and of course, yes, he he needed some fortune to finish P2, but 
he was already in a great position and was already set to take eight points or so from the Grand Prix. So for me, yeah, Pierre Gasly, what what a performance. Pierre Gasly is my driver of the day. Worst driver of the day, um, Sam, who are you going for? Now, it's so lovely when we have five, six, seven names to discuss for driver of the day. Sometimes there is one obvious winner. And, you know, not often do we have races where we all come away scratching our heads of who was the best person on track. It shows the real creme de la creme of racing. Um, unfortunately, there are some real shockers that come around as well when you have races like these. Um, oh, I don't want to give it to him again. I give it to him so often. But, I mean, when you look at one teammate fighting away for the lead and you end up being a whole pit stop behind and you can't get past a Ferrari that your engine blowing up. It's hard for Valtteri Bottas to not be <laughs> Ben holding up a sign that just says Bottas. Um, I just, yeah, I predicted that. Um, I mean, when you come out publicly before a race, after the title has been decided and you're well off with two races left to go and you say, I have a plan. I have a plan to beat Lewis Hamilton, the six time world champion who has only been defeated by Nico Rosberg pretty much in his entire career. Um, and then you have a performance as bad as that. It is planned to not overtake a Ferrari, be really slow, be a whole pit stop behind, and then DNF. Uh, for the first time, I think, since Austria last year, we had a proper Mercedes engine failure. Um, it, oh, it's just not good enough. It's not good enough for the man who was fighting for the championship, for a man who wants to win the championship next year, and for a man who realistically needs to keep George Russell off of his back over the next 12 months. Sorry, Valtteri. I love you. I really do. You're such a decent bloke, but you need to step up your performances. You need to be more consistent, and you need to take more risks. And we'll be on to that later on. But he's not risky enough on attacking. He's not good enough on the attack. Good defensively, not good enough on going forward, and he needs to improve it. So for me... Bottas just needs to be better. He's had enough time. He should be there now. Well, after that shock of the season, I'm <laughs> picking Valtteri Bottas for worst driver of the day. Um, Harry, who are you going for? Is Bottas going to be giving George Russell piggybacks? Is that the deal? Because <laughs> he said he's going to be on his back. No? That, yeah, that's what's going to okay. happen. Fine. Um, <laughs> worst driver of the day. Now, before I do this, I wanted to say... Can we appreciate Daniel Ricciardo completely fluffing up the move with Magnussen, ending up at the back, and then still finishing P7? Because just just Daniel Ricciardo thinks. Classic. Classic. There's a lot, a, a lot of luck came into that. Yeah, I know, I know. I, I'm not deserving. It just meant, how does that happen? Anyway, yeah, yeah. Um, worst driver of the day would be... I don't know. I don't want to agree with Sam, but Bottas should have... I should have got Leclerc earlier on. And I'm not saying it was his fault the engine exploded, but um, he was stuck behind the feather for too long. Um, yeah, OK, I'm going to give it to Bottas as well. And that's harsh because he won the last race. But um, Who cares? It's driver of the day. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. Um, yeah, he was just a bit underwhelming again, which is we've noted it time and time again. It's the consistency that counts. So, um Sorry, sorry, Walter. I do like you a lot, but you weren't, you weren't, you weren't very. Not off porridge today, okay? Yeah, maybe Brazilian porridge just isn't the one. Um, <laughs> to whom it may concern, I'm not going for Valtteri Bottas. Um, so Valtteri, you let off the clean sweep at least. Um, I'm gonna give it to, despite the fact that I don't think it was his fault, I'm gonna give it to Kevin Magnussen. 
Um, sorry, box office. He qualified fairly well, as did Grosjean. Again, Haas deciding that they can only work on Saturdays uh, and Sundays is the day of the gods and they don't want to try and compete on a race day. Um, both drivers, to a degree, started to sink down the field, but Grosjean managed to at least stop that. He, he got overtaken by one or two cars, but then remained in the points. He was very unlucky. They messed up the strategy big time, and he should have been in the points at the end of this race. Um, but Kevin Magnussen, even before the incident with Daniel Ricciardo, he was sinking like a stone. Mm-hmm. Um, did, he he not, did he not have a reporting engine issue? Not until much. That was Grosjean. Grosjean. Oh, yeah. was that Grosjean? Apologies, sorry. That was at the end of the race, yeah. But yeah, he. I think he was already down to maybe P13 or so at the time, whereas Grosjean was still fighting in the points. Um, obviously, you know the the incident. I've. I don't think it was actually his fault, and clearly the stewards agreed with that. But um, yeah, I, I. I feel like Kevin Magnussen should have been higher up in the first place, and his recovery, whilst it was. Not terrible. Ricardo finished P7. Magnuson didn't. So, um, thank I'm you go for K-Mac. watching the video. For more LB content, make choice. sure to hit the subscribe it's button. Yeah. Both and you can keep up the conversation with us. Uh, like us on Facebook and follow us on uh, Instagram and Twitter. Until next time, we keep breaking late. They were not quick this week. They were nowhere. My other contender, which I hate to say it actually, was Albon. Well, your teammate is. Giving yourself 25 seconds ahead of third place and you're streaking ahead of Lewis Hamilton and you can't get any higher than fifth place. This is what happened with Gasly, who was too far off the pace. And that can't happen again with Albon, otherwise you'll fall into a pattern of not being close enough to support your teammate. So uh, that was a close close call for me. Now, obviously, there was a lot going on in this race, almost... <laughs> almost too much to dissect but we're gonna at least give it a go there were quite a few incidents we'll go through them one by one in a segment we like to call incident watch <laughs> how i just coined that on the spot um, we'll start with the one that happened just a few laps from the end lewis hamilton alex alban fighting over a podium position um, Hamilton making contact with alban alban spinning around hamilton losing the spot to gasly Sam, who do you think was at fault? Um, do you think it was a racing incident? I mean, there's so many factors to look at with this incident. There is the the fact that Albon quite clearly leaves the door open for a car right behind. There's someone who is as aggressive as Lewis Hamilton can be. That is an obvious entry into an overtake. Uh, Lewis Hamilton is really quite far back. We finally got to see his on board just before we entered into the recording. And uh, he really does come all the way back from Ecuador to have a go at Alexander Albon. Ecuador. <laughs> the third thing you need to look at is the fact that the, the corner angle is quite odd for that kind of move. It's a long sweeping corner. It's a late apex. You run it out wide. Hamilton's angle, the way he goes for the overtake, suggests that he wouldn't be able to comfortably make that corner and seal the deal. He's desperately trying to force a, a position where he can get alongside maybe for the next corner. Um I don't think Alvin will have seen him coming, actually. I will have seen me on board. I think it's close. I'm, I'm going to say racing instant because I think it's close, but this is Hamilton's fault. This Hamilton has caused the, the touch. Hamilton has gone for a, a bit of a cheeky dive. Maybe when it wasn't on, maybe she could just buy his time for one more corner. He clearly had the pace. Um, so for me, it is just Hamilton's fault. I'm going to say no penalty, although I am gutted for Alvin because it would have been nice to see a one, two, three Honda podium. Harry. Anyone to blame? 
Um, God, these people are just going to go mad over this, aren't they? Um, I'm with Sam. I think from where he, where Hamilton, we've seen an onboard. We did. We refused to record this before we saw an onboard, and then we were desperately searching Twitter slash Reddit. The onboard, it's he seems pretty far back, and as Sam says, it's quite a weird corner, quite an acute angled corner. Um, I don't know. It sense a bit of frustration for Hamilton, which is unusual for this spec Hamilton. He might have seen that a few years ago, but the race didn't quite go his way. Some strategy calls that didn't go right for him, um, and he was desperate to make those new tyres work. But and I know he didn't have long to wait. He only had like two laps to to play with. But um, yeah, he he thought he saw a gap and he went for it. Um, normally, I think he might have waited a bit. He would have waited until the main straight, and because he would have nailed it there anyway. Um, yes, I'm going to say Hamilton, but Albon needs to recognise that that was a gaping hole that a London bus could have got into. Um, so, yeah, blaming Hamilton. Penalty-wise, I don't know, because I don't like just handing out penalties here and there for all the crashes we have, but they did it for Ricardo Magnussen. So I might have to say, on that basis, they have to give one to Hamilton as well, but I'm not that comfortable with either of those but um yeah i think it'll probably deserve the same five second penalty as as ricardo got but um yeah clumsy one from hamilton but Albon needs to recognize he's a bit bit at fault too yeah and you allude to us having to search literally everything in existence to find mm-hmm. an onboard of this incident uh, and for good reason because it's changed my opinion completely um i was ready to come on here blaming album for this incident i thought from the angle that we saw on tv that this was an opportunity for hamilton to go up the inside he took that opportunity and album shut the door on him but fortunately we were able to see an onboard footage because my opinion has completely changed on it and it was lewis hamilton's fault um i don't have a problem with him going for that move the problem is he's coming from about two car lengths back yeah, I think he's closer to two car lengths back than he is alongside. And if you're that far back, um, whilst Albon maybe could have telegraphed that move coming, it's not his responsibility. It's Hamilton's responsibility as the driver making the overtake to not make contact. Albon being so far in front, he had the right to that racing line. Now, if it was someone a bit more experienced, maybe someone like like Verstappen, maybe someone like Vettel, I don't think they'd have gotten so far over to the left-hand side of the track in the first place. Um, or even if they did, they'd have taken a wider... They wouldn't have gone for the apex knowing that Hamilton was going there. But it is uncharacteristic for Hamilton, so it's not a complete... Um, so, it, it, you know, it, it's not like he could have absolutely expected him to be there. It, it's quite uncharacteristic, so that's fair enough. Um, yeah, I... I just feel like he needed to be closer. I, th- I think the move, he, he did leave the door open and I think he'll learn from that and I don't think he'll do the same thing next time. Um, but I think this is on Lewis Hamilton. Does he get a penalty for it? I'm going to say yes. Um, if you drive into another car and it is deemed to be your fault, I think it should be a penalty. I, I won't be completely mad if they don't give him a penalty, but based on what they did with the Ricardo Magnussen incident and you want this real consistency with with analysis you want this real consistency with the stewarding decisions so going on that i think he has to get a five second penalty and of course he could already have a five second penalty we don't know can we just say before anyone jumps down our throats for blame for giving or apportioning most of the blame to hamilton he has 
he said on on the TV that he, it was his fault. Okay. Can I also say something that Bottas needs to actually? I know it resulted in a crash, but look at this and go. That's the aggression I need to start implementing in my moves. Yes, maybe Bottas start needs to crash into more people. Yes, either, <laughs> either make an overtake or crash doing it and get off the track. I mean, I would have used an example of, say, Leclerc getting past Vettel the first time or maybe a different example where there wasn't a collision. But all right, the point's good. Uh, um, of course, that wasn't the only incident that happened. Vettel and Leclerc, the Ferrari guys, both going out of the race in dramatic fashion. Um, Vettel and Leclerc. Leclerc diving up the inside of Vettel into turn one. Um, Vettel trying to get back at him. Um, and there was an incident just going down the straight, not even into the corner. Sam, I think I know the answer to this, but who do you blame for it? It's quite clearly Sebastian Vettel's fault. Um, it was like the Ferraris were both made of glass. They they seemed to touch a whisker of each other and both simultaneously imploded. Um, we've seen cars hit each other much harder than that and comfortably drive away from the accident, but... You, you quite clearly see on board from all angles that once Vettel gets... That car length passed, well, he thinks it's a car length, he starts to edge back over to defend again, and it clips the, um, I think it's, I think what happens is the rear tyre of Vettel catches the the inside front right of the tyre slash front wing, causes many punctures, many suspension failures, Ferrari have many issues to talk about here, but I think that is, uh, I think that one is much easier to dissect, I think Vettel is at fault for that incident. Let's face it, they only crashed because that could give them a reason to give Lance Stroll some debris so he wouldn't get a podium because he was going to get it, all right? Lance Stroll lives for these races. <laughs> um, so I, I'll flip the question slightly rather as to who was to blame because I think it is fairly obvious that Vettel was the one who moved over even though the contact was very minimal. Um if you're Bonotto right now, Harry, what are you saying to Vettel and what are you saying to Leclerc? Um, Prepare for some stupid advice that no one will ever need, everyone. You make sure that they have to sit two people away from each other when they're on the plane home. There you go. That's it. <laughs> do, you think it's, do you think it's damaging to, to, their, to their relationship with him? Uh, I, I don't know. I, I think... Basically, it can help. It definitely can help them crashing into each other. Um, and we've seen it a couple of times this year. They've been close. But, you know, for, uh, for for Vettel, he's had this young gun who's been so quick and impressive again this year and is beating him. Um, I'm not saying Vettel, uh, Vettel needs to take people out, but he, needs to, he still needs to stamp his authority. And that, for me, was kind of a, yeah, OK, you might be quicker now, but I'm not going to let you go past. Um, it's not it's not great for their relationship, but I think they'll be fine. Um, it it was racing incident. I think they'll both are sensible people. Leclerc's got a very mature head for a young guy. Vettel is a wise old owl in this in this sport now, so he knows what's what the deal is. Um, it's not. I know it looked like the Vettel Weber incident, but there's not that kind of championship permutation that that tension underlying things. Um, it was clumsy. They're both going to apologise to the team, obviously, for ruining the entire weekend. But I think they'll be they'll be fine. They'll I think be I think the Clare's already come out and said to the press that they are both mature enough to shake hands and move yeah. on from this already, which is nice to see. Exactly. Yeah. So um, not great, but I think they'll they'll get over it. 
Yeah, I, th- I think it does. After the US Grand Prix and this one as well, Ferrari needs to take a look at their car and see how it's how it's designed because it yeah. seems to be so frail. Um, there really wasn't much contact between them, um, but as we see sometimes, it can be minimal contact that leads to these big time punctures, and they've paid the ultimate price for it. Who knows how much how many points they would have taken home? Um, yes, the championships might be sorted, but Ferrari need to build towards the championship a championship effort next year and they're not putting themselves in the right position to do so by finishing this year in such a way from Vettel's perspective I just think it was amateurish I I don't understand why he was moving across on his teammate no less way before the corner it it seems as if it was some sort of perception error he just didn't understand that signs at the podium As Hamilton got a penalty, Hamilton gets a five-second penalty. Science promoted to third place. Sorry, Ben. That's no, that's, that's an understandable interruption. Um, so yeah, yeah. it's confirmed. So yeah, Science Science got a podium. Oh, poor Carlos. Oh, I feel they should just redo the podium. Do it again just for him. It'll be dark and there'll be no one there, but they need to re- redo. We will, we will be there. They need to do what they did with Raikkonen and Fisichella handing over the trophy, but just the third place trophy from Hamilton to Sainz. Oh, sorry. There you go. Um, Yeah, so there you have it. Carlos Sainz on the podium for a first time. Two first time podium getters on the same day. Um, Hold on, McLaren have got a podium. When was the last time that happened? 2014. Bloody hell. It's been a long, long time. We said it, I think one of us said it would happen this year um, that they get a podium. Wasn't Harry, um, but pretty much insane scenes there. I'm sorry, just a slight detour. Imagine saying to Renault that five teams will be on the podium in 2019 and you're not going to be one of them. <laughs> That's, that is brutal. Oh. And also, Toro Rosso have got two now. So, yeah. Good, good one, Renault. Slightly off topic. Uh, Sorry, Ben. Yeah, um, I, I think with Vettel, he just needs to improve his perception because it's not the first time it's happened. It's happened quite a few times where he thinks he's passed the driver and he just hasn't. And he's still there. And he, yeah, it's it's cost both of them today. So they'll need to manage that. Um, they need to limit these mistakes that they're making and they need to limit the amount of incidents and high pressure situations the two drivers are getting into because uh, whilst it won't matter at this point of the year it, there will come a time where it will matter um, hopefully they they can stand that test when they get to it um finishing off with uh, with pierre gasly here of course carlos Sainz we just know has got p3 but gasly went one better p2 torosso's best result in 11 years um after not finishing on the podium at all for red bull He's gone and finished on the podium for Toro Rosso. He's he he seems like a new driver when he gets in that Toro Rosso compared to the Red Bull. Maybe it's the pressure. Maybe it's something we don't know. But Sam, what was your reaction to his last second drag race against Hamilton to the line? Uh, my reaction was jumping up and down in my lounge with my cat fleeing in fear while I was shouting, "They're drag racing to the line! They're drag racing to the line!" Oh, and, then, luck. and then when Gasly crossed that line, naught points, naught five, six seconds ahead of Hamilton. We, I mean, in our text group, audibly, I was screaming, he's done it! Gasly's done it! 
Um, I was elated. I was so happy for him. Uh, he's had a really tough kind of year and three quarters in Formula One. He's been demoted. He always went through the, the Kvyat road and he's come along and somehow clinched his best result ever in Formula One in a car that realistically shouldn't be there. But he's driving the absolute socks off of it. And I am so impressed and so happy for him. And it's so deserved and good for him. And maybe... This might open the door for another team instead of Red Bull that actually want to take a look at him because there isn't going to be a seat available for Red Bull at him now for quite some time, I don't think. So you never know. Maybe he'll get the move to maybe he'll do what Science did. Maybe we'll end up going to Renault and then going to McLaren and then maybe somewhere else. Who knows? But he deserves a good bit of fortune and now he's got it. So I'm really, really happy for him. He deserved it. Great race. Yeah, real feel good moment. Um, Harry, what did you make of Gasly's performance out there and his overall turnaround since being sacked by Red Bull? Well, Ben, you summed it up. As Sam said, we have a text group uh, group chat, and, and you said, Gasly, you effing chicken legend, I think was Ben's, <laughs> Ben's term. Um, well, yeah, he, Brundle says, mentioned it in his commentary, since he, he's had this remarkable turnaround, and he's not gone the same route as Kafiat in a sense, that he gets dumped, but he he's turned it around straight away. He's not just continued to slide down um, the order. Um, yeah, and today just yeah was so well deserved and a big moment for what's been a pretty tough year actually for him considering where where it started off. Um, yeah, very happy, very happy for for old Pierre, um, and obviously Signs as well who gets podium but doesn't get a podium. Harsh. Yeah, it's a shame he wasn't able to celebrate that. Um, yeah, I mean. Gasly's turnaround has been brilliant to watch, and I, I, I feel really great for the guy. He he absolutely deserves it. Um, yeah, like you say, the parallels with Kvyat's career were fairly evident up until this point. They have good junior careers. They go into the Toro Rosso seat. They both do pretty well at Toro Rosso. Gasly probably more so than Kvyat. They go up to Red Bull. They get dropped for someone else, um, and then at that point in Kvyat's career, he tumbles, he can't perform for the rest of the year at all, um, he gets dropped from Toro Rosso, he can't score any points against Carlos Sainz whatsoever, um, and he has to take a year out, and they obviously took another chance on him, and good that they did, but he just crumbled after getting that demotion, and Gasly's response to this, Gasly's resolve, and his ability to turn a bad situation into something positive, it's been brilliant, it's been really great to watch, Um He's made Q3 the last four races, which in a Toro Rosso is a really good achievement. He has just, he's progressed with every single race that he's been in that car. I don't know whether it's when when he gets to Red Bull, the pressure becomes too much. Um, Maybe he's just not designed to be one of those elite drivers. You know, they are very, very limited. Arguably everyone in F1 is an elite driver and it's only the very, very top that get to to win races and be championship contenders. There's no shame in not being that. Um, and Gasly can form a career as a solid midfield driver. And who knows, maybe he'll capture some confidence and go higher than that. But at least for the time being, Gasly has had a great second half of this season. Um, and he deserved 18 points going his way. Absolutely deserved it. God, what a bloody feel-good race this has been. I've, I've enjoyed myself. I have to say... 
at the time the safety car came out for the first time, I was like, why on earth has that come out? Because I, I don't understand for a second why it was a safety car. Yeah. But thank goodness it was. Because it's because it, there's a crane on the track. When there becomes a crane on the track, it has to be a safety car. It was the inside of the track and Bottas had parked it by the fence. So he it, couldn't have parked more considerably. Yeah, it's so weird. But crane on the track means a safety car and safety cars often bring out the most exciting of races. So bring them on. Well, pretty good segue. Valtteri Bottas, of course, retired from the race, but not after a fairly entertaining battle between him and Charles Leclerc. Bottas doing everything he can to get past. Charles Leclerc not letting it happen. Um, Sam, I have no doubt you have strong opinions on this, um, and you've alluded to them already. So I'll just let you fire away on this. So if you have got the categorically the fastest car across a track for most weekends, and your teammate is 20 to 25 seconds up the road, comfortably ahead of you, and you cruise up to a driver who is struggling for pace, is on a harder compound of tyre, is struggling to make it work, is leaving gaping doors open for the easiest overtaking corner you can find on the whole circuit, and you're still not making a move, you're still not pressuring, you're still not getting side by side, you need to be doing better. And he needs to learn to either cool off, get out of the way, and let that engine cool off and go again, or get the move done there and then. Valtteri Bottas, time after time, has not been strong enough when attacking opportunities. He doesn't take the necessary risks that you need, and it's come off once again. He's ended up DNFing. He's lost way more points to Lewis, even with this penalty that we're now aware of. Um, he, he, he needs to step it up. If, if his plan is to, like I said earlier, not make any moves and sit behind cars that technically are slower than him, then congratulations, Valtteri. You'll end up even further down than you were this year. Um, I, I, I don't want to be too harsh if I haven't been already, but he needs to be doing more. And when you've got a gaping hole and Max Verstappen is able to fly past Lewis Hamilton, Bottas should be able to do the same to Charles Leclerc. Um, so it wasn't good enough. He needs to improve it again. And I hope we see him come back fighting for stronger. Bottas 3.0 with porridge and a bit of fruit and barley on top for next season because I think he needs it. Um, Harry, do you feel as if Bottas needs to be slightly more aggressive? Um, uh, I do. I thought Leclerc was defending pretty well, slash a little harshly on occasion. So a couple of on the line, maybe slightly late moves when they're going into T1. Um, but yeah, Bottas probably should have tried. And, he had the advantage on the tyres, and he should have tried to send send it earlier on when he cruised up to the back. But because then his car started overheating, and then obviously in the end he dropped out. Um, I think. A couple of factors, the Mercedes engine obviously did wasn't working well dragging up the hill to the start-finish line. It was clearly the slowest out of the Ferrari, Mercedes and Honda, Hondas. Um, and then, yeah, a couple of occasions, yeah, uh, like Leclerc picked up DRS from a lapped car, I think. Um, so, yeah, I don't want to be too harsh on Bottas. Uh, and obviously in a race where risks were taken by other drivers and they didn't work out for them, you might argue that you may, might not want to be quite so risk takey, um, but sometimes you do just need to just send one up the inside and not worry about it. There were a couple of times when he, I thought maybe he could have just launched one, and if it didn't work out, in, especially into turn one, there's so much space to run off there now. Um, I think he would have been fine, but um, yeah, I don't know. I feel like, I don't want to feel like we're Bottas bashing, which that sounds wrong, um, <laughs> but. Uh, yeah, he, he does need to take more risks, but perhaps not 
not all the time. I can see the logic he has in not trying to just dive up the inside of every car he comes up to. But um, sometimes, sometimes you just got to do it, like Nike would say. That's it. Just got to do it. Then you, then you catch right. Wow, that's one I haven't heard of before. Um, I'm. I understand that Bottas probably does need to take a few more risks. I don't. I just don't think it's in his style. I think his style is is not that of the likes of Leclerc and Verstappen, where he would rather stick behind and wait for the driver ahead to make the mistake and make a a safe pass rather than a slightly risky one. And I was I was going to make pretty much the same point you made, Harry. That okay, his engine obviously overheated and he retired from the race. Let's say that doesn't happen. He probably finishes P two or P three based on other cars making the risks that we're telling Bottas he should have made. So I understand it from both sides where, yes, Hamilton is more aggressive. It probably pays off for him a lot more than Bottas, um, but that's his style. He's consistent. His DNF record in Formula One is ridiculously good. I think it's the best on the F1 grid, even including Lewis Hamilton. He doesn't get himself, for the most part, caught up in these incidents um, and that's why he's able to take so many points from races. And OK, he's not there with Lewis Hamilton. He's not quite there in terms of points, but he is a great wingman because of his consistency. He is great as a number two driver at Mercedes because he doesn't do anything stupid and reckless. So should he have gone for the move on Leclerc? You could argue yes. But for every one time that does work, it probably doesn't work another time. And if we were to add up all of the points that say Verstappen has lost or Leclerc has lost because of a reckless move, how many points has Bottas lost because he hasn't made that move? It's probably less. So Bottas, that's his style for better or for worse. Nice. That was that balanced out. It wasn't all Bottas bashing. Just yeah. Like, see. Just say, we are generally fans of Bottas. He just needs to just lick it a little more. That's all. That sounds wrong as well. I mean, how many times has Bottas retired this season? I mean, Hamilton's had zero retirements, and Bottas has had, well, I think, none through actual collisions with cars. So, I mean, consistently, they're both there for... you just you just got to put it in the right place, just a bit more. Bottas did bin it in Germany, by the way. Oh, yeah, he did. <laughs> to be fair, pretty much half the grid binned it that day. That's, that's true, that's true. But, yeah... Oh, well, um, I think we've covered maybe 10% of the Grand Prix in the last 45 minutes, which says a lot about how entertaining that race was. But um, I think we've covered the main points, so we'll finish up here. Sam, get us out of here. Well, if you enjoyed the Brazilian Grand Prix and you even thought to stop by and listen to us rant about such an exciting Brazilian Grand Prix, then we thank you and we'd love you to hit the like button and subscribe for more content. We always bring some out after the races and across the whole winter period, we'll be making silly, wonderful and interesting content for hopefully you to listen to. But until that next time, I've been Samuel Sage. I've been Ben Hocking. And I've been Harry Eads. And remember, keep breaking late. Podcast Network.